This is episode number 637 of the Inner Fight Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the show. Thank you to our show sponsors, Smith Street Paleo. You can check them out, smithstreetpaleo.com. Actually got a prescription the other day from a doctor on that was prescribed to a client, and it said in black and white, this patient needs to eat paleo. Amazing. It is becoming increasingly recognized as a way, it has always been a way, but it's been coming increasingly recognized as a way to cure a lot of issues that we have in the body. Go check it out, smithstreetpaleo.com, loads of recipes, meal plans delivered, give them a shout, hello at smithstreetpaleo.com, that'd be absolutely awesome. No matter where you are in the world, ladies and gentlemen, I hope that you're doing good, I hope that you're physically taking care of yourself, mentally taking care of yourself. And of course, if you're doing those, then hopefully the emotional part will drop in. They sometimes work in, well, they always work in unison, but we sometimes struggle in one and not the other, and then one balances out the other. But I do hope that you're doing well. I hope that things are moving for you in your country, that you're feeling that you're able to go back to living and doing the things that you like to do. I know, and that's what where this show really has come from, is that there has been a lot of people that have been moving less over the last sort of two months, almost three months now. So I hope that you're able to get out and you're able to move more, you're able to enjoy it. It's coming into the summer for, for a number of you in the Northern Hemisphere. Hope you're able to enjoy that. Get out in parks, go for walks, go for runs, and just go and enjoy, maybe even read a book in the park. Who am I in 2020? Anyway, this show is all about fitness wearables. I think this sort of starts maybe about seven or eight years ago when Fitbit came to the market. They were probably sort of the OG, weren't they? And I think I don't really know if they admit it, but their initial sort of strategy was just to provide and just hop on the bandwagon of people counting steps. It was all about the steps. How many steps can you take? And I remember about three or four years ago doing a talk, a motivational talk for quite a large company based here in Dubai. And alongside me was the agent representative Fitbit and they were rolling out a whole corporate program for this company, quite a large company based here in Dubai. And there was a corporate dashboard and all of their employees were going to wear a Fitbit. And the goal, as we all know, is very standard, 10,000 steps a day. And they were gonna monitor, motivate, incentivize, and maybe penalize employees based on their movement. So Fitbit, probably a little bit the OG. If we look around, and, and that was really just about counting the steps because we know generally if we move a lot more, we're gonna be healthier in a number of ways. Movement is good for us, folks, and that's one thing we should always remember. We need to move. People need to be moving as much as possible. And during, as I was saying before that, during the lockdown, we've actually been moving a little bit less because we a lot of us had restrictions as to where we can move, how much we can move. And even a, f- a couple of weeks ago, I, I'd done a workout in the morning, I remember, and then I looked at my watch and I, I use a Sunto and I don't often worry too much about the steps, but I'd literally been sat, it was three o'clock in the afternoon and I'd only done like 2,000 steps that day. I'd, I think I'd ridden my bike in the morning and I was like, geez, I just need to, no wonder I feel a bit 
sluggish and you know just a, a, a little bit tight in, 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 in my joints and maybe in my muscles. I just need to get out and have a walk. And I think that's what a lot of people have, have missed. I don't really have a massive target, but I w- it did make me think that n- on a normal day, I would do somewhere in the region of fifteen to 20,000 steps when, I'm, when the gym's open and, and we're working there. So I was moving a lot more, which obviously means I'm burning a lot less calories. And for a lot of people, you know, they're eating just as much as they have been before and they're not moving as much. So these devices, the first point is these devices are actually pretty good at just jogging our memory as to what we should be doing and how much we are doing of what we're doing. And in, in that case, it was steps. Other devices that we see in the market now, and one that I'm going to talk about a little bit more is a whoop band. I got a whoop band, actually Tom Walker got me a whoop band about six months ago. I'm going to share some thoughts on that. There's other brands out there. You have a ring, the Aura ring. We could do movement through different apps on the phone. All of the Garmin's, Suntos, all of those, as all, as the title of this show is, fitness wearables track our steps. They also track a number of different things, which I want to jump into now. A lot of people are using these devices, and when I first had a Fitbit, that was one thing that it did for me as well. It, it sort of tracked my sleep, told me how much... I, it, it's essentially, and this is why I want to clear up straight away, these devices are tracking how much your wrist is moving. So, and also the more advanced ones now, like the Aura Ring and, and, and I believe Fitbit. I remember when I had Fitbit back in the day, it, it didn't have the ability to measure heart rate or anything like that. But a lot of them do that now through the wrist, which I've done some some analysis based on, actually based on Garmin Phoenix 3, I checked the accuracy of the wrist heart rate against a, I put another device on and put the chest strap on and I believe that the chest strap is way, way more accurate and it was. The wrist heart rate was about 15 to 20 beats out and it wasn't consistently out. So it wasn't 15 to 20 beats lower or 15 to 20 beats higher, it was at stages 50 to 20 beats lower, and then it would jump to 15 to 20 beats higher, which heart rate beats, that's quite a lot. It's, it's, it's a really big variance. So a lot of them now do have heart rate tracking within the wrist. Whoop band does. Aura takes the heart rate from the, your finger, and I, I think pretty much most of them, I think all of the Fitbits now have the heart rate tracking in it. So they track on the, the movement and also with movement would come a increased heart rate. So what they're able to do when it comes to sleep is they're able to somehow forecast whether you're in deep sleep, you're not in deep sleep, and how much, I mean, one thing that I know that they can definitely do sometimes, and, and you'll see that in a second, I, I would question whether they really know if you're in a state of deep sleep or not and how that's measured. But one thing they do know is how much you move because they can, movement is an easy thing to measure, especially when it's obviously when it's on your wrist. It's not like it's it's on your head, which is not moving a lot when you, or it might be moving a lot when you sleep. Who knows? I've not really checked that out. But your wrist obviously is moving and when you turn over, it moves a lot as well. So what why do we need these things? And if you haven't had one, should you be rushing out to get one? They're really two of the big questions that I want to answer today. And I want to 
take this right back to when I was about 13 years old and I actually got my first polar heart rate monitor. It was called the Polar Favor. And all it did was tell me my current heart rate. It was actually quite incredible because even in that day and age, I had, I had that on my left wrist and I'd still have my Casio, the time of my run on my right. So I'd have to wear two watches. And I was like this techno kid, even though that's quite a long time ago now. Let's put it that way. Now, the Polar Favor, my objective for having the Polar Favor was so I could train with heart rate. When I was 13 years old, when I started doing a lot more running and was quite serious about it, I wanted to train with heart rate. So I had a very clear objective. Nowadays as well, when I use my, my Sunto, I want to monitor my heart rate sometimes, I want to monitor my speed sometimes, and distance, time, all of these things. So I use these things in a way to, based for what my training program predicts or what's in my training program and then I can analyze it as well. I can go back and I can say, okay, I ran at this speed or I ran at this heart rate and then I will adjust those things going forward. I will do certain things. I'll make certain tweaks. So I'll take action on the data that I have got to make my performance better in future. It's to measure my performance and to hopefully increase, enhance my performance. Now, the Sunto on its own is not going to enhance that performance. However, with the right tweaks, and it could be a number of different tweaks, I can then go back to that same run and I can measure whether I've done it faster if I wanted to, at a lower heart rate if I wanted to, or even at a higher heart rate if I wanted to. So we would always have a clear objective around the wearable and also take action based on the data that we've got. Now, if I look to something and these, I think they've become, my personal opinion is that the sleep trackers are more of a trend than anything else. I think if you ask someone, you wake up in the morning and this is where a simple form of journaling or self-reflection first thing in the morning I think is super useful. Did you sleep well last night? No one needs a wearable, a fitness wearable to confirm if they slept well. We know if you're awake in the night, you're awake. You know that you're awake. So there's a certain amount around this that's like, Actually, it's quite a lot of common sense. We know that we're awake. We know that we're asleep. We know that we, and, and you know, it'll tell me you've slept the right amount of time. Well, I know that I need eight to nine hours sleep. And I know that if I've been training hard, I need nine to 10 hours sleep. And I know what time I went to sleep and I know what time I woke up. So do I really need a device to confirm to me that I've slept the right number of hours? Or, and this is one of the things that sometimes they can cause additional stress because it might lead to, and, and whoop the dashboard, and, and all of these the wearables have apps related to them. When you're underperforming, when you're underperforming sleep-wise or recovery-wise, it might be red, and that, sig- that creates a bad signal to the brain where it sometimes can lead to increased amount of stress around that and, and maybe anxiety as well. So... And it should be red because you're you're under the limit, but you might know why you're doing that and it could sort of, it, you know, and you might at that particular phase of your life, you might not be prioritizing that recovery, which is not great, but that could add a little bit of extra stress on top as well. So the first thing is, is that we really do know when it comes to sleep, we know. It's cool for steps. I think it's great for, as I said there, for running, for performance, if it's cycling, if it's walking, no matter what. But the bottom line is, 
is if you're going to take action based on the data. Now, looking a little bit more or talking a little bit more for fitness wearables for sleep, Whoop will tell, and as I say, I'm sharing this, it's a first-hand experience. I've been using Whoop for the last six months. It will tell me the time that I've been in rapid eye movement sleep, I've been in deep sleep, I've been disturbed, lots of different data. Now, I could go through and if I'm to get the most use out of these things, I should A, trust them 100%, which to be honest, with some of the readings that I've had from Whoop, I really, really doubt their accuracy. And that's not just me. I've spoken to a few different people that have used Whoop. The other morning, for example, very simple. The whole night, I was actually... didn't sleep very well. I woke up a lot. I got up in the end at about 5 a.m. and it told me I was sleeping until 7.30 a.m. It told me I'd actually slept twice in two different bouts. It didn't really know what was going on. So it wasn't super accurate at getting the data for me. And that's happened quite a few times as well with Whoop. And and I also have, as I say, other friends that that have had it. However, presuming that the data is 100% accurate, and I can see that I've had one to two hours of deep sleep. What am I doing to increase the amount of deep sleep? Now, there's obviously, and I've spoken about them before, and you guys, I'm sure, know them. There's a lot of different things that we can do to ensure that we fall into deeper sleep, reduce stress. Our bedtime rituals could be different. We could reduce the amount of time. Devices is a huge thing. We could change the time of our meals. We could change the time of our training. We could change the schedule, our, our, the structure of our schedule during the day. Number of different things we could do to affect the, the 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 sleep that we're having. But are we doing that? And this is where, and this is why I'm actually going to stop wearing my Whoop, is because, well, a because the subscription is ending and it's quite expensive to to keep it going for data, some of the data I'm, I'm very positive about, and I'm going to share that in a second, but the other stuff I'm not actually taking any action on. Is that Whoop's fault or is that my fault? It's actually my fault for sure. However, when we, when we look into it, and that's the biggest question I have, what action are you going to take on that data? I've tried to, I've tried some different things based around trying to impact the amount of deep sleep I have, and the for for one was a was retiring my phone earlier, so I'd get get rid of my phone at about six p.m. So no phone time from six until I went to bed at like eight o'clock. Didn't see really any impact on that. I still try and retire my phone. Retire. That's quite a formal way of saying it, isn't it? Get rid of my phone at about seven seven thirty in the evening. So at least the last hour hour and a half is without a phone. I'll just read a book. Whoop incidentally said that reading books in bed might also affect that. So I stopped doing that as well, but then didn't see any impact. Now you could say that could be a long-term experiment of, of when you, of, of doing different things and there needs to be a lot of consistency around it as well. And, and that might be very true. There is different stress going on in life. Obviously the last sort of 12 weeks might not be the best period to to, to, to compare the data. However, I've also got the first three months of the year or Jan, Feb and half of March where you know I was looking at that data as well. So I'm not taking massive action on the sleep data how, or the quality of my sleep. However, some of the positives of these things is it will tell you your, your waking heart rate and this is more about recovery and actually using sleep in a... In, 
in the way that it's designed to help us to recover is that you can see your heart rate variability, so the recovery of the central nervous system. I have to say I've been tracking my heart rate variability for about three to four years now, mainly with HRV for training. First thing in the morning, I put my heart rate strap on. And you could say, I mean, my consistency of doing it and my consistency of waking up and doing it is very consistent. So it's at the same time every single day. However, WHOOP captures that heart rate variability data and a lot of the wearables will catch that heart rate variability data at a different time. But the good thing is, is that you're getting data about your recovery. You're getting your waking heart rate and you're also getting heart rate variability, which is telling you how much is recovering. The data around when you went to sleep and when you woke up, as I said, sometimes that on, on a WHOOP can be a little bit, or in my experience on WHOOP, can be a little bit inaccurate and sometimes can lead to, for me, it's lead it's led to a little bit of additional stress as well, especially when you, you'll sleep, like some nights I'll sleep for 10 or 11 hours and it'll tell me that I've only had 85% of the sleep I needed and my recovery score is still 30. So, and that, that annoys me. And yes, I shouldn't get annoyed and maybe I should understand that I was maybe more worn down, but then I have to completely buy into the fact that everything that Whoop is telling me is accurate. And there's been some, some which you could argue, but there's been some papers that have come out or some comments that have come out that the norms that WHOOP has is based on the data that it collects and then it forms an algorithm and I think this is very similar to to a lot of it because people want to know how am I performing so Fitbit would be the same because it now knows that of its x million users the average nightly sleep time is this many hours and the recovery is this so based on that it then forms its own norms and then it might apply them to you or it will show them up in your app so it might tell you that you're not actually recovering but that's saying that's based on other people's data maybe not always on yours. A lot of the time it is based on yours, but sometimes it will compare to norms and it will tell you it's comparing to norms it, and it will show you your data. So there's sort of, it's slightly contradictory there what I'm saying, but you do have your data and you have comparative to other people's data as well. But I think when we're comparing to others, it will, and if it's flashing red, it will always start to cause a certain amount of stress and anxiety within us. So not to go on too long about fitness wearables, but it really comes back to the fact is what is the goal of having one? Something like knowing how many steps you've done each day, I think is super important. I think understanding how recovered your body is through looking at stats like HRV, through looking at waking heart rate stats, also super important. Are there cheaper and easier ways to get those stats than having a subscription to some of these things? I'm not sure what the Aura Ring subscription is and Whoop do have a subscription model as well or is there something a lot more straightforward and a lot, a lot simpler to find out how recovered you are? One thing I do and have always loved about the HRV app is more the subjective data and that's what I've said, sitting down in the morning, asking yourself, the same questions, writing down the answers, reflecting on that every single morning. How am I feeling? How did I sleep? Most of the time we can figure it out 
And a lot of the time, if your answer is, yeah, I didn't sleep very well, and you just ask yourself two or three more questions, why was that? What did I do last night? What time did I go to bed? What content did I consume? Whether it's content through a smartphone or even just reading articles, books, or something like that before bed, you might start to see some of these patterns emerge. Definitely for performance, to if, you, if your training demands that you measure your heart rate or speed, those kind of things, then something like a Garmin, like a Sunto, Polar, all of these watches are super good. But the bottom line is, is if you have all of this data, what are you going to do with it and how is it affecting you? And for me, as I said, I've had a look at my deep sleep. I'm not 100% sure if the data that Whoop is, is giving me is super, super accurate. Some days I just feel absolutely awesome and it says you've had 30 minutes of deep sleep. Why is that? Is that because I've had seven coffees? No, I don't have seven coffees. But the world of fitness wearables, I think it's only just heating up. Fitbit was the OG. These guys have come in now. Is it cool to have? Are you not cool if you don't have a a fitness wearable. I think one of the biggest things is if people do sit down and they're telling you all about their fitness wearables, the first question you should be asking them is, what do you do with the data? And maybe, do you understand it? That's my thoughts on fitness wearables. Let me know what you think. Drop us an email, winning at innerfight.com. Thanks a lot for listening to the show. Take care. I'll catch you next time.